It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 231, entitled A Cleaner, Greener Web. It was recorded on Monday the 21st of November 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I am joined today by two guests. I'm joined by Jess Frick and also by Katie Keith. It's a WordPress podcast, so what do you think we're going to talk about? Well, WordPress. WordPress 6.1.1 has been released. It's a maintenance release and we discussed that very briefly. We also talk about the Black Friday deals that are upcoming and the fact that we have a page with well over 200 deals on it. Tech layoffs, they're happening all over the place. Is WordPress immune? It's a tech industry, but are we immune given the nature of the kind of work that we do online? Meetup.com has raised some eyebrows because because of an accessibility overlay that they have implemented this week. Pocketcast has a new block. We also talk about a lovely little project which enables you to change the color of your WordPress admin. We also get into the fact that Stellar WP has open sourced a few of their code libraries. And then we spend quite a lot of time talking about Twitter, Mastodon, and WordPress. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP Builds. Hello there. Good evening. Good morning. Oh, hello, Cameron. Good morning. Um, for the, I guess it's the morning. No, is it not late at night for you, Cameron? Is it the morning? I don't know. Anyway, hello. Hello, hello. Good Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whatever it is where you are, it's very nice to have you with us. We are this week in WordPress from WP Builds. Um, we talk about the WordPress news each and every week. And each and every week, we have a different arrangement of guests. And this week, we have two fabulous guests. We have one person who has not been on the show before, but before we get to Katie, we'll go to Jess Frick. Hello, Jess. How are you? I am good, Nathan. How are you? Yeah, yeah, really good. Thank you. Jess Jess has been on the show loads of times. Uh, she is one of the co-hosts. She comes back very frequently, and I'm really grateful for that. She is the Director of Operations for Pressable, which is a managed WordPress hosting company. She's an ice tea connoisseur and a proud member of the post-status community. Is there anything we need to add to that? Um, I'm Kitten. also a member of the Make WordPress hosting team. Oh, I did not I know, know that. that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Exciting. A guitar player, oh. possibly, looking behind you? Yeah. There's some guitar. Um, I do have some new elastic pants because here in the United <laughs> States, we are celebrating Thanksgiving on Friday or Thursday. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of this um, celebration where you just eat entirely too much turkey and stuffing. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm hoping to gain at least a few pounds. <laughs> That's right. That's good. Do you basically eat Christmas dinner? Do you, do you have like, is Christmas dinner, is it a repeat of what you eat at Thanksgiving? Well, no. I mean, some people will do the same meal. Okay. Um, the traditional giving meal is turkey. Um, but I do know some families that do like brisket instead. Um, I don't know that, you know, anybody's going to come to your house. It's 
kind of a problematic holiday to begin with if we're going to get real, but. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, happy Thanksgiving, if that's it's, what you say. It's I when we it's when we took over the the country. So yeah, uh, we're, right, we're really right. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we, let's not get into that debate. No, <laughs> but you know what? Time. Back to my elastic pants. I am oh, looking yeah. forward to getting kind of fat. <laughs> oh, let's. We'll have you on in a couple of weeks. We'll see if you're any different. Um, and we're also joined for the first time. This is very nice. It's always nice to welcome a new person to the show. Um, it's Katie Keith. How are you doing, Katie? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You are, yeah, you, of course. You're very welcome. You can see by Katie's little label, the moniker under her name, that uh, she is from Barn 2 Plugins. She's the co-founder, in fact, and director at Barn 2 Plugins. She's originally from the UK and now living in sunny Mallorca. There's no way that I'm jealous about that. Uh, Katie has <laughs> built a remote team that puts lifestyle first while also focusing on providing quality products and excellent support. Barn 2 specializes in building unique WordPress and WooCommerce plugins that don't exist anywhere else in the market and I've got to say I love the name and I love the reason for the name because it's I, I was expecting it to be this extraordinary tale and it was it's much more pedestrian than that tell us why it's called barn two plugins we lived in barn number two uh, when we founded the company so uh, it's a barn conversion in a national park in england um, so not the most tech location and very different to our uh, modern apartment in mallorca where we are now but oh i, re I read that as mallorca i'm so sorry mallorca how um how did you come to move there what was the what was the reasoning for up in sticks and getting out of the uk well apart from like the laundry list that i could give you but uh, what were your reasons um well yeah it was part, partly the weather um being having a wordpress company obviously creates freedoms that most yeah. industries don't provide our team was already all over the world moving was very easy work-wise the complicated bits were things like visas because of brexit right. and um, our daughter's school and having to move her school um, accommodation you know usual things but actually work was very very easy uh, to move because anywhere we've got the internet and the internet is like at 10 times faster here than oh there's just another thing to add to the list yeah now, then, the uh, faster internet amazing. yeah yeah <laughs> well it's uh, yeah. nice to have you here i just it's just so nice to see a bit of sunshine out the back of your window we haven't had <laughs> sunshine for many a day now we're here to talk mm. about the wordpress stuff just a couple of bits of housekeeping if that's all right before we get into that firstly I'd appreciate it if you regularly join the show and you feel like sharing it. You can do that. The best way to do that is probably to share it on our website, wpbuilds.com. Thank you, Jess. Look at that. The pro. Yes. Why have I never thought of that before? Um, go share the stream, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. If you go there, you'll need to have a Google account to comment because it's YouTube, YouTube comments, or you could go to our Facebook group, which is wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. But if you do that, then you've got to go through one little step. And that little step is this. You've got to go to your the top of the um, top of the stream, the weather information about it is. And there's a link in there. It's chat.restream.io forward slash FB. And if you click on that, then uh, we will see your avatar and username. If you don't, you'll be anonymous. That's fine. You can be anonymous. Uh, some people get over that by just writing their name at the beginning of the comment. So it's up to you how you want to do that. But uh, Thanks for joining us today. Let's see. We've got a few nice comments. We obviously mentioned Cameron right at the beginning. Cameron's 
Henry joins us, but it looks like he's going to bed fairly soon because uh, it's late. Just wrapping up some work before I go to bed. Well, good night, Cameron. It's <laughs> That's a great way to start the show, isn't it? Hello and welcome and good night, Cameron. Uh, good morning, says Rob Cairns. Uh, thank you for joining us, Rob. Pre- appreciate that. Peter Ingersoll's joining us from chilly Connecticut this morning. It's great, isn't it? Peter joins us every day and gives us a little weather update. He always tells us what the uh, what the temperature's like. So chilly this morning. Yes, I can concur. It's exactly the same for me. If you do fancy putting a comment in, would really appreciate it. We try to get as many of them on the screen as we possibly can. Right, let's get to it, shall we? Excuse the self-promotion, if that's all right, just for a moment. This is our website, wpbuilds.com. If you fancy subscribing to what we do, podcast episodes like this that we put out, just go to this page and fill out this little form here and you'll be all sorted. We'll send you two emails a week. Very, very unlikely to be more than that. We've also got a Black Friday deals page. Uh, If you go to this page, which is wpbuilds.com forward slash black, then there are, well, there's some sponsored slots at the top, which are now all filled up. So I would like to mention these companies quickly, if that's all right. Gravity Forms, WP Manage Ninja, WP Engine, Stellar WP, WS Form, and GoDaddy. And if you go beneath that, you can search and filter. And Currently, there's about 215, 220 different WordPressy things on there. So, you know, search and filter for the names. Let's have a look. I wonder if we put, did we put a barn two one on? Let's see if we've got a barn two on the year. Look at that. 50% off is what's happening later on in the year. Barn two. Uh, so go to that page and it's got all your Black Friday goodness on it. But that's it for the WP Builds promotional stuff. Let's get into the news. First of all, there's probably nothing to add to this, but I'll just talk about it anyway. Uh, WordPress has got a new release. It's WordPress 6.1.1. It's a very minor release. There were 21 bug fixes for the block editor, 21 fixes in core. Nothing really to say other than if you are running multiple instances of WordPress, uh, please go and update your your vanilla version of WordPress so that it'll be up to date. Hey, Jess, just quickly, do you do that stuff for your customers? Do you update their WordPresses for them or do they have to do that themselves? So at Pressable, you have the option of staying on the previous version, which would be 6.0 point, whatever, it's currently three. Yeah. Um, Or you can stay on the latest stable release, which will be 6.1. But then you also have an option to select beta, which means as something new is released, you have the opportunity to test it. Um, So you can actually test that candidate right now on Pressable. Um, or you can just stay in the stable release. And then when that is released, uh, we will automatically update you. Do you know, do you do like a whole bunch of testing on the, like the beta one so that just before it goes stable, it's obviously been in testing for a little while. Do you test it on like a suite of different things just to make sure your architecture is all sorted? We do our best. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we are a small but mighty team. Um, but we we certainly want to do our part. Uh, that sort of stuff works great when everybody kind of pitches in and just, you know, make sure that there aren't any known issues. Mm. But testing every permutation, it's one of those things that I wish we could do more. Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, I think we all kind of feel that way. Yeah. Well, let's throw that to Katie on the plugin side of things. How Do you have to do an awful lot of testing? Do you have like typical arrangements of things? Because obviously, if you're a WooCommerce 
plug-in uh, company. You're going to be testing on the latest stable version of not only WordPress, but presumably WooCommerce as well. Mm. You have to keep all of that in hand. Is that something that you're very keen on? Yeah, it's so important and things do sometimes significantly change. I think mm. a minor release like this particular WordPress one, I wouldn't anticipate any problems with any of our plugins and you could you just know sometimes, but we have automated testing to make sure. We use a tool called Ghost Inspector. Oh, and yeah. We have a suite, yeah. a suite of tests for all of our plugins um, so that we have like a multi-site um, with, with a site for each plugin with all the things that we guarantee compatibility with so we can update like WordPress on, on this multi-site and then run all the suites of tests to make sure that no fatal errors are generated or anything like that before we do a release declaring the compatibility if that's yeah. needed, if it's a major version. Is Ghost Inspector's that tool where you can do really complicated things like it'll fill out forms and then mm. assess whether or not the email came through and all of that kind of stuff. So it's it's much more than just, I don't know, a quick test. You can run a whole suite of different things to check. Yeah, you can test quite complex stuff. So um, if you want to test, test the WooCommerce checkout, for example, you can totally fill in the checkout and um, hmm. that sort of thing. You can create users. Um, we've got tests in the front and the back end. So, for example, with our WooCommerce wholesale plugin, we actually create users uh, with the wholesale role in the admin to make sure nothing's broken that will prevent that process. And are they assigned to the correct um, user role? Do they get their wholesale discounts? Uh, and then we delete the user dynamically at the end of the test, ready for the next time we run the suite. So you can be quite clever with it, although it's time consuming to set up mm. and maintain the tests as well. Yeah, I think I think I tried to set it up once and just it, I realized it was mm. more complicated than anything I would ever have needed. So really, for me, I yeah. just need is it up? Or is it down? That's kind of all I need. So yeah, for that, and there are simple tools for that. Much yeah. more straightforward. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, WordPress six point one point one has been released. Uh, I, I don't. I've not heard of any problems. So go and get it updated. That's good. You know, the, on that, I just want to mention one quick thing. Please do. Um, as a as a helpful reminder to everybody, um, PHP seven point four officially goes <gasps> EOL on the twenty eighth. Today? So, oh. Oh, we've got um, a week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we we've got a week. Um, I can tell you that we are still going to be maintaining 7.4 on our servers. We're not forcing everybody to go to PHP 8, but that is a huge jump. And so when you've got people making that huge jump, even a tiny minor release could cause some weirdness that you might not be expecting. That's one of the permutations I was talking about. Right. So, you know, testing the jump from PHP 7.4 to 8.1, and then you're also putting in 6.1.1 and... There's just a lot of um, a lot more room. I don't think anything's going to be a problem. For most places, it won't be. But if you have some seriously custom stuff going on, um, yeah, and you know, not not everyone maintains their plugins like Katie and team. Um, so you also have to kind of watch out for perhaps lesser maintained plugins too. So. Test on staging, y'all. Yeah, Don't do yeah, it live. Say, you can yeah. on Pressable and a load of other platforms. You can just you can press a basically a staging button and you'll get a staging website, and from there you can test it. So just to just to be clear on that, it, it goes it, end of life is in a week more or less, and that simply means that it's no longer going to be supported. There's going to be no more security patches or anything like that. Basically, it becomes a bit toxic at this point. I mean, it'll work, but. If somebody discovers a vulnerability, and I would imagine that there's quite a lot of vulnerabilities that are just sitting there waiting 
that people know about, you know, the bad guys. Um, well, and they're just sort of, I would imagine there's a bit of that going on, you know, waiting. And then as soon as it's gone end of life, off we go. We'll start exploring. There are these. still people running 5.6. Oh, yeah. And I there have, are I, known vulnerabilities for that. And definitely you know, depressing. Yeah. Some other hosts are still allowing people to do that on, you know, managed WordPress instances, which is another thing. So you've got you've got a lot of complexity in there. Yep. How long did you say uh, 7.4 is going to be available on Pressable for? Do you just flip everybody over by the end of the week or? So Automatic actually made the decision to um, provide support and patches as needed for the foreseeable future. We don't have an end date, but I can right. say it's definitely not going to be before the end of the year. Okay. <laughs> Merry oh, Christmas. That's, that's update that's your PHP. Say, yeah. 24th like... <laughs> of December. Up we come. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole load of people that contributed to this, um, as, as I described. Oh, gosh, putting their names on the list there. I haven't got time to go through them all, but thank you to anybody who made a contribution to this release. The next version of WordPress, which will be 6.2, isn't due until next year. So from that side of things, you can have a little bit of a holiday. Right, okay, let's move on to Unity News. This was a piece which was released this week um, over on Master WP, which I always think has got the most fabulous um, featured images. I don't know if they get somebody to paint these or not. I just think they're brilliant. Um, it was Rob Howard, and he posted a piece called Will Big Tech Layoffs Hit WordPress Companies? Now, I'm guessing it doesn't really matter where you are in the world at the moment. Um, the economies are, well, let's say they're not the same as they were three or four years ago. You know, things are, uh, companies are struggling in tech in particular. The the sort of the rise after during covid for a lot of technologies where things went more and more online that kind of that stuttered and has fallen and now we're into a period of high inflation um so it's harder to borrow money and lots of these big tech companies are starting to lay people off and rob's posing the question do we think that this is going to happen in the wordpress space after all we are in a, the technology space he's pretty sanguine if you read the article he basically thinks that wordpress is possibly a little bit more immune to these kind of fluctuations. And there's a bunch of reasons he posits for that. Something to do with the community, the fact that it's just a different makeup. Not everybody is out to make money as fast as humanly possible as they raise on Detra. But also because I guess the website is one of those things in a business which you're going to cling on to right until the end. Um, so he makes all of these points I got to say, I, I'm not that really noticing people shouting about laying staff off. The only company that I can think of uh, in the recent past, as Rob describes, was Elementor, who, oh, I'm going to say about three months ago, something like that, laid off 15% of their workforce. And I, I think a lot of those were in marketing and those kind of roles. So it wasn't necessarily the, the tech side of things. But uh, have you noticed anything, Jess? Have you noticed a slowdown? Well that was also right after the acquisition of Stratic. That's true. Oh, literally, it was like three or four days afterwards, wasn't it? There was a real sort of, yeah. Yeah, so they had just absorbed a whole bunch of new people, and then they laid certain people off yeah. um, just because of the way that they were structured. Um, have I seen it? Yeah, no. is there any? No. No, not here. Um, but, you know, I... 
I'm looking at both of you and I'm like, man, both of your bosses are terrifying. I hope you don't get laid off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I have to wonder how much that plays into it with the WordPress situation. You know, how many of us are self-employed? How many of us are in these tiny companies where losing a body is huge? Mm. Um, But, you know, also in the WordPress space, you have these behemoths. Like, how many people does GoDaddy employ? I'm not saying that they're going to lay people off, but I'm saying there are much bigger companies and I, I couldn't tell you if they're going to do it. I can tell you Automatic has absolutely no plans to lay people off. However, comma, um, you know, there are some roles that they've decided to put on hold. Right. So less hiring, but no firing as a result. Yeah, because the the hiring was a real feature of the pandemic, wasn't it? The tech companies were hiring hand over fist, you know, the likes of Google and Facebook, and now Facebook is, I think, was it 11,000 people they laid off a couple of weeks ago? I mean, that is such an eye-watering number. 11,000 people. I, I don't know what percentage of the company that makes up, but it's essentially Mark Zuckerberg. And do you know what? There's not a lot about Mark Zuckerberg that I I think is fabulous. I don't mean that on a personal level. I just mean I'm not that big of a big of a fan of some aspects of Facebook, but I think he, he confessed to, to that very personally and very well. He said, basically, it was my fault. I made the decisions. We hired. We hired too many people. We grew too fast. I didn't anticipate a slowdown. But um, yeah, and Jesse, you make a point which Rob actually makes, which was that I, another reason that he thinks we might be slightly more immune to these kind of layoffs is because in many cases, we are freelancers. We're running our own business and we might very well know our customers personally, as opposed to being like a faceless organization. And, and that can, I think, certainly make a bit of a difference. Katie, anything slowing down over there? I know it's Black Friday coming up and also it's probably just accelerating. But have you noticed a sort of slowing down of anything? No, it's. I think it's not a coincidence that it's Elementor that has done these layoffs famously within the WordPress space because they're one of the best known for having taken huge amounts of venture funding and they have the startup model as opposed to the the large amount of small companies in WordPress that are bootstrapped and so on they just hire when they can afford to do it from their profits for example which is what we've always done and that feels a lot less vulnerable Um, so if people that have to please their funders they might struggle to get more funding if they need it for the next um, phase then they're more likely to be doing layoffs particularly with things like marketing marketing where it's uh, kind of more it's like gambling you don't know it's going to definitely have that yeah. ROI do you if you invest in marketing stuff so I think it's not a coincidence and the fact that Elementor have done this doesn't really say anything about the small bootstrapped WordPress companies yeah yeah it's certainly interesting it, it, in all aspects of the economy everything seems to be getting more expensive so I imagine all of us at some point will be tightening our, our belts a little bit, whether that's, you know, the food, buying things at Black Friday or plugins, themes, blocks, whatever it might be. We'll just have to wait it out and, and wait and see. But I, I, I'm hoping that what Rob is prophesying is true. I'm hoping that the WordPress uh, ecosystem is a little bit more insulated from this if anybody's got any comments about that please feel free to put it in oh good night Cameron he says he's going to that's so nice he comes in here for five minutes and then he says good night as he's leaving that's lovely you have Um, such a soothing voice though uh, well yeah I'm you you know know, I'd be very surprised if both of you got to the end without snoring yeah 
<laughs> the lullaby <laughs> podcast. We haven't had that quite it's, yet. But, it is. Yeah. yeah. Michelle Frechette's joining us. She says she's late, but hello. Hi, Michelle. Nice to have you with us. Okay, let's move on to the next bit. Oh, by the way, that piece was called Will Big Tech Layoffs Hit WordPress Companies? And you can find it over at Master WP. Right, next piece is over on WP Tavern. This is just to say that if you are intending to go to WordCamp Asia or not, then they have released their first round of speed. may well be that they've released more speakers since I first got sight of this. But the first little round has been organized. So essentially, you can now start to see who it is that excuse me, they're going to be listening to. Um, and yeah, head over to the website there. They've also got themselves a nice little wapu, which uh, I think is quite it's a cute so one. It's cute. Yeah, it is cute, isn't it? Three of them on a boat, uh, which is really nice. I, I don't know where the where the venue is. I, I see the name of it. And actually, there's a there's a little video down here where you can see parts of what the what the venue is going to be like. It looks amazing, like really genuinely amazing. I don't know if it's going to be near the river, but uh, yeah, it's near going? the river. Oh, is it? Is it? You know, are you well, going, Katie? No, I didn't get a ticket. So I was oh. going to bring my entire support team, which is like six oh. people plus me, and we couldn't get tickets. Um, but one of my team will be there. And interestingly, they say they've announced the first round of speakers, but one of my team is a speaker, that, so he gets a free ticket, luckily, and he's not on the list. So they must be releasing them in yeah, stages, even though they're right. already decided. Yeah, typically, I think they just do it so that there's... Because I, I guess if you release all 40 at once, you sort of dilute the 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 mm. impact. Whereas if they do them, it looks like they're doing sort of eight at a time, then I guess those people get a bit of get a bit of coverage and that feeling of sort of being a bit special, which is quite nice. Yeah, yeah. so the first eight, Don. Probably chosen them all. You gen, you literally couldn't get a ticket. Did they sell out that fast? I have no memory of them yeah. going like really, really quick. It I know was the word five can... minutes. Yeah, it was <gasps> ridiculous. So I was on my computer ready and I got to the form where you had, and they, you know, had tons of information like your, yeah. um, your pronouns and your dietary requirements and are you a vegan and all this. And by the time I'd done that for seven people, the tickets had gone. Um, <gasps> no. So, it was really disappointing, yeah. So stop wow. saying how nice it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be so bad, Katie. Yeah. The weather's going to be terrible. Yeah, Have you no seen the speakers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I um, yeah. I, I actually. So this is going to sound really bad, Katie, and I don't know if there's something we can do about this. I actually have a ticket. But I don't think I'll be going. And that wasn't because I bought a ticket and then decided not to use it. The I applied to be a media uh, partner and you you get a free ticket, but there's no it's compulsion. Mm. Right, right, exactly. So I, I maybe I should think about giving that away to somebody such as yourself. Yeah, um, well, put it on um, Twitter or post status or whatever's acceptable these days. To last time at on, WordCamp yeah. US, I can't remember who it was. Maybe, maybe Jess can remember. In fact, it may even have been you, Jess. I, I don't know. Somebody put together a, like a Google spreadsheet, didn't they, where there were people... That was uh, David Bissett. Oh, great. Okay. Um, maybe he'll do something like that again. Maybe I could do something like that again um, to, to marry up people who were, had a ticket but weren't going to go with those people who wanted to go who couldn't because that was bonkers as well. But that was only 650, whereas yeah. you've yeah. got several thousand. Jess, are you going? I'm not. It sold out in like 10 minutes. So yeah, you were there as well. You had that exact same problem. Uh, if you are thinking of going, it's the 17th of February to the 19th, um, Bangkok. My understanding is that there'll be live streams. I hope that that's the case so that you can watch these things. I know that's sort of more than normal than it ever was before. So 
you know, maybe you could just watch it from the comfort of your own home, Katie. And uh, You don't go for the talk, although I will obviously be watching my team member doing his amazing talk. Yeah, um, you go but, for that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't go for the talks apart from that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, let's move on. Let me just share the screen one more time. Okie dokie. Right, this next Someone one. Someone asked, I don't oh. know the venue for Athens. Do you know the venue for Athens? No. Or like... EU? We've got a comment. Yeah, thank you. I don't think uh, they've announced it yet because I would have booked accommodation already if they had, if it was like a hotel. I take yeah. it you're going to that one then. What about you for that one, um, Jesse? You're going to be going to WordCamp Europe? Gosh, I hope so. Oh, okay. That's good. There's a I mean, there better be tickets. <laughs> yeah, just twist my arm. Oh, no. Go to yeah. Greece to hang out with WordPress friends? Oh. I don't know if the... Whoever you are, by the way, Facebook user, I'm sorry, I can't see your name and I'm not logged into Facebook at the moment, so I, I can't even go over to Facebook and look. Um, but, yeah, I don't think we know that. We just know that it is in Athens beyond that. I mean, obviously, somebody knows because they wouldn't have announced it was in Athens unless they'd secured the venue, but... Um, I think it's, is it Angeline? Is it, I can't remember who's organizing, who's the lead, but certainly they're on Twitter and what have you. And Michelle says, I want to go to Greece. Yes, I think yes. so too. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Hmm. <laughs> All right, let me swap over to this article then. Uh, I, I don't know what to say about this, apart from the fact that it, it's disappointing. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, was that you, Jess? Was that your sigh? <laughs> it was me. Okay. Let's let's do this a, some service. So meetup.com raises concerns with new accessibility overlay. This is on the tavern. Sarah Gooding wrote this piece. Now, I am not an organizer of WordPress meetups, never have been, but I have an understanding that if you want to be in an official WordPress meetup, uh, I think one of the constraints that you have to uh, uh, honor is that it has to go through meetup.com. Uh, I could be wrong, and forgive me if I've spoken out of turn, but I do know that meetup.com does power the sort of the event management, the ticketing side of things, if you like, for WordPress meetups. And it's concerned this week, Amber Hines um, has tweeted that she's, I'm going to quote, I'm super disappointed at meetup, adding an A11Y, so like overlay, uh, time to look into, into event calendars for WPA11Y meetups. We still, have, we still have to be on meetup to get events in WordPress admin, but we don't have to market those pages. Has the community team explored meetup alternatives? And the reason she's cross is because on the meetup.com website, there is one of these accessibility overlays. Now, the promise of these overlays is that essentially with a click of a button, a copy and paste of a bit of JavaScript, you can make all of your um, accessibility problems disappear. As we know, the world is not as straightforward as that. And Amber Hines has spoken to me at great length amongst other people, Joe Dolson and so on, um, about how these things are just not the solution that they promise to be. Ways make things worse. So it's a little bit galling for, to Amber that the very thing which WordPress has got to use to organize these uh, meetups has an accessibility overlay. And somewhat bizarrely, it's a bit meta this, the overlay is all to do with the accessibility settings. So, so you, you kind of can't make it up. If you're looking at the screen, you can see it there. Uh, it went away for a day, a, a series of complaints from the community, but it then came back again, apparently, and it's still there right now. 
But I think really what Amber is trying to say is, for the moment, is it possible that we use something else, even if it won't um, be displayed in the WordPress admin as they currently are? So, Jess, you sighed. Tell me thoughts. I don't know that accessibility is something where you want to cut corners. Just fix it at the source. Fix the website. If you yeah. know you have accessibility problems, go ahead and just fix the whole... F like, it's... The things that need to be changed are not going to impact your message or delivery that much. And if if at all, and if it does, then I think maybe you need to ask why. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't think there's any, you know, malintent with these things. I think it's just a lack of understanding and education. And I think there are a lot of solutions that are selling a quick way to become accessible to, you know, avoid a lawsuit or whatever. And uh, I, I don't know that they're really considering what that means for everyone. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I did see that, you know, Angela Jen offered to reach out to meet up and hopefully they can figure something out, but it's just, it's, I think we're going to see more of it until everybody understands why it's important to just make your website accessible. Mm. I guess there is probably quite a big load of infrastructure behind meetup.com. And the, yeah. the Sarah makes the point in the piece that maybe it is literally, as you said, well, I say just, it's up whilst they fix their underlying architecture. And I don't really know the state of the state of um, lawyering that's going on in terms of accessibility at the moment because I know there's legislation uh, obviously over here in the UK it's going to be slightly different but broadly the same I would have thought as it is in the US but in my chats with Joe Dolson he was pretty convinced that the ambulance chasing lawyers are going to get on this fairly rapidly uh, in other words they're going to employ teams of lawyers to just go out and try to find websites which by law have to be accessible but are not yeah. accessible, put a lawsuit in front of them, not for the purposes of necessarily making things better, but just because it's lucrative, um, which is hardly the motive that we want here. But the it sounds like Sarah is thinking, well, maybe, maybe these overlays are being used as a stopgap just so that Meetup can say, nope, no lawyers here. We've done something whilst we do the real thing it's not good enough but it's maybe what their excuses would be katie any thoughts on this i think you might be on mute katie i certainly can't hear you anyway katie's talking mm -hmm. but we can't hear her. Uh, try again maybe do no. is that yeah ah, you, there you you're are back. you're back we can get maybe you know. my crisp daily allowance ran out or something. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I I agree it should be fixed at source, but that doesn't help the WordPress community's concerns because nobody within the WordPress com community has any influence probably about what Meetup.com do. So they still need to answer that objection as to whether they can use something else temporarily. Um, but also in terms of the um, the ambulance chasing lawyers. It's interesting that the cookie law and GDPR and all of that came in a long time ago now, and I've never heard of anybody be prosecuted under any of that legislation. No. So I wonder whether, 
I'm not sure the legal profession's actually caught up with websites because they could have very easily got a lot of people for not complying with the cookie law, for example, couldn't they? And I don't think they have done that. Yeah, we'll have to see. Joe, Joe's um, impression, I should point you to a podcast episode. I recorded a podcast episode with Joe when we were, when we're, all of us, all three of us were in San Diego. And um, and he, he was saying that it's not really begun, but it's beginning. And there is some fairly lucrative, low-hanging fruit, shall we say. You know, there's a lot of companies with deep pockets. So it may be that yeah, it, I, I, maybe it's more aligned to that. But just the spectre of it is quite interesting. Maya, hello, Maya. She makes a comment. Developers and designers need to be aware of the inclusive coding and design in addition to using real people to test the final version instead of using auto tools, which are quite inaccurate. So if you've got any thoughts on this, it sounds like the people that you want to be getting in touch with, certainly from this article, is Amber. Amber Hines. Her Twitter handle is Hey Amber Hines. But also you mentioned right at the bottom here, it was Angela Jin, who's an automatician. Yeah. She has offered to contact Meetup, and I'll just click on that. I haven't actually clicked on that link. Let's see where it takes me. She's on Twitter as Angela S. Jin. Um, so you could maybe contact her. Uh, lend her your support and give her your opinions on that. Anyway, meetup.com with overlays. All right, let's move on. Now, this is just for me, basically. There's, <laughs> this is like you couldn't have made something better. Uh, this is WordPress have uh, released a, a, a block, a podcast block. Like, <laughs> okay, me and a handful of other people, there's quite a lot of us were, uh, podcasting. Automatic a little while ago, I have no idea when, but maybe couple of years it feels like they bought um, a podcast player so that's an app you can you can use it on the desktop you, uh, sorry that is to say in a browser I don't know if they've got a desktop app but you can use it inside of a browser you can use it on Android and um, and iOS and it, for my money it's the best podcast player that there is it just does all the things and it synchronizes so that if you're listening on one device it'll you know carry on on the other device and all that kind of stuff well they got bought by automatic who then very recently open sourced all the code base which was very cool because it was a paid for thing so they took they took a commercial product bought it and then just totally open sourced it which is a bit great and then this week they have released a podcast player block and sure enough go into your version of wordpress click on add and start to type pocket cast and there it is you get a lovely you get this icon and you fill in basically one field which is your rss feed and you're done you have podcasting on your WordPress website. How cool is that? It's like the barrier to entry for podcasting is basically zero with something like that. So I know this is probably a bit bit self-indulgent, but I, I thought this was kind of cool. I don't know if you podcast or if, Jess, you do something, but uh, I think it's kind of cool. It's extremely right. cool. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I like all the embeds. You can embed so many different things and they just work straight away and it makes your site a lot more professional uh, when you use them. When you uh, when you start to scroll down the list of things that you can embed, it's actually pretty impressive, isn't it? it is, Some of them yeah. I'm sort of scratching my head thinking, really, is that service still going? But mm. maybe it is, maybe it's a hangover. Anyway, fabulous, really great. Go and uh, go and check that out. All right, let's move on. Uh, I'm come to this one in a minute, actually, because it's quite a long and in-depth piece. I've got that lined up for now, but let's do something a bit more frivolous. This is just a bit of fun, right? This is great. This 
is called wpadmincolors.com and it's colors spelled in the American way without the U. So W-P-A-D-M-I-N-C-O-L-O-R. So, you know, if you go there and you're British, you think it doesn't work Wrigley. That's because it's spelt differently. And uh, this is just a really nice little tool. If you don't like the default palette, of your WP admin. Well, there's a several options, isn't there? I think there's, what is it, five or six or something like that, uh, color choices that you can choose. But this little website, it's got one job and it does it brilliantly. You click go create. You've got to give it a, you've got to give the, the scheme a name. So I'll just quickly do that, WP builds. And here's all your options. So you can change the menu text and you can see in real time it's updating. So I might make that nice and black. Let's have the base menu nice and white i'm already starting to prefer it what do the highlights look like let's go for like horrible bright red Ooh, no oh uh yeah 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 sorry about that, that was a bit jarring wasn't it <laughs> but you see you, there's just like seven or eight what is there one two three four five six seven eight eight things to fill out you then click generate color scheme uh, it takes about a half of one second you then got two things to do you've got to add a style sheet into your theme and you need to copy and paste this tiny little snippet into your functions.php of your theme. And then you're done. Your WordPress admin will look kind of nice. Now, I know it seems like a bit, I know it's a bit of a nothing. But at the same time, I kind of thought, wouldn't it be nice if you if you had clients and you could very quickly brand it to their their colors? You know, they've got purple or whatever it is in their logo. You could make it just look exactly like their version of WordPress. I just thought that was really cool. What do you reckon? Do you like this, guys? Yeah, I think it's good for people doing sites on behalf of clients because it can they can brand it to them rather than WordPress. Um, and I think agent there are lots of plugins that do this already, but I quite like the way that you do it on the browser and then you put it in your theme or child theme because it's not installing another plugin on the site. So right. it it's just it lightweight and tiny, tiny bit yeah. of CSS. Yeah, it's really mm. great. Um, and I just think it is quite a nice, it's a nice little thing. There's um there's a lot of plugins which go to great lengths to to sort of to make the dashboard look completely different. This is not that. This is just colors. So it's not changing font sizes, although you could obviously do that. It's not changing, you know, removing menus or anything like some of those more um, all-encompassing plugins. It's just colors. But I think it's I think it's jolly nice. So there we go. And if it makes you feel any better, they spell customize in the English way for some reason. Oh yeah, look at that. So they spell <laughs> they spell colors incorrectly, and then they Ooh. spell customize correct. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get in such trouble. Uh, they spell customize differently than you would imagine. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't spotted that. Yeah. Maybe they're in just trying to. Yeah, all that matters is consistency. I that's would say, right. Which... That's a, yeah, yeah. They failed horribly. Right, we're not mm. we're not looking at this website anymore. Uh, let's go to this one. This is a new plugin on the block. There's a company that have um, had. A it's a plug i believe i've not used it but it's called css here and it pops up a little panel in your wordpress website and it enables you to sort of drill down into all of the css on your website and make changes on the fly and i think it's kind of theme independent so you can do it on theme i don't quite know how it works but anyway they've got a new tool uh, and it's called animator so you can find it at cssshero.org forward slash animator and it looks now i don't really know whether we want to be getting into animation i don't know if that's the direction of travel that the internet wants to go in you know there's all sorts of reasons for that the environment and accessibility and so on but if you wish to do some of that complicated stuff 
then this is kind of like a timeline-based tool. Imagine something like, well, I don't know, Camtasia or Logic or, you know, one of those video editing tools, Final Cut Pro or something. It installs a timeline. You drop things onto the scene, onto the canvas, position them, give them instructions like, you know, rotate when a certain portion of the browser has been um, brought into view. And it does all of that. And you can see here, uh, the website itself is making quite a lot of use of it. Look at this. It's quite quite fun, really, isn't it? Look at that. It's really, really nice. I'm scrolling up and down, and there's a there's a sort of cube, which is or a square, which is sort of uh, moving depending on where I've got it in the window. And just lots and lots of fun stuff like this. Very snazzy, um, but I don't know what your thoughts are on whether the web wants all of this, to be honest. My feeling is that if we want lean websites, which Google likes, maybe some of this stuff is a little bit superfluous. But then again, on the plus side, it does look blooming excellent when you see it. So any thoughts? Well, I'm not saying that Kinsta uses this, but I don't think Google has any problem with what they're doing and they have plenty of animations. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah. I guess. Um... As an aside, I, I hate how much I love Kinsta's website. <laughs> you hate how much you love it. <laughs> Are you drawn to stuff like this though? With the like, the I'm really not, I, but I think the hmm. way that they do it is very well done. Um, I think sometimes when you've got these parallax things like bouncing out at you, it can be just a little challenging, especially on mobile. Um, but the way that they do it is just very subtle, and it's specifically with graphics. And I don't know that it really causes accessibility issues, but perhaps I don't know. I need to. I need yeah, to create their website. You're right. There's there's not really any content. There's no text-based content or anything like that which is being interfered with here, is there? It really yeah. is largely just sort of, um, I don't know, background logos and rectangles and squares moving about. So, yeah, maybe there is a place for it. Um, I've seen it done well. I've seen it done not so well. Yeah, just look at that, though. It's really like I'm just touching the mouse wheel a tiny little bit, and that little thing is detecting my my movement there. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, cssherorg forward slash animator. Your thoughts, Katie? Do you put this sort of stuff on your Barn 2 plugin uh, website? Um, very minimal. I think with as with any tool, it's about how you use it. So if you are picking out relevant things where an animation actively adds to the user experience, for example, drawing attention to your main calls to action or something, um, or the main product features like... Um, to, to make them jump off the page or something, then fine. If you're just adding things for the sake of it without thinking about how it fits with your message and you know, the focal point you want to draw attention to, then it can be a, a bad influence by making it too easy. So people just need to use it appropriately to enhance what they might have done anyway. Yeah, that's a really good point. I guess if if you need to be a developer to do these things, you'll probably have some understanding of, you know, you're in that career. That is your job to develop websites. So you've probably got some insight into what works and what doesn't and when it becomes distraction-free. I guess as with things like page builders, because it creates the the ability for anybody to do this kind of stuff, you, I wonder if there will be a, a desire to put animation on everything because it does look great, but it may pauperize the experience. It looks like a solid tool, though. Um, I don't know if they've got a Black Friday offer or anything, but yeah, cssherorg uh, forward slash animator. You can go and check that out. Right, Michelle. Uh, Michelle, I hope, is still in the comments. Uh, she can maybe 
spread some light on this as well. This is a piece over on Stellar WP. Stellar WP have released uh, open source libraries for advanced WordPress development. I confess that this goes a little bit above my head. I don't really know what what and how anybody would make use of these things, but they have released so far, their engineering team has released three major projects. So far, I guess, implies that they're planning to open source more. Stellar WP, of course, is behind lots of properties uh, in the WordPress space. So, for example, uh, GiveWP and the events calendar and things like that. And some of these are, are taken directly out of those products. So the first one is Stellar WP DB, which is a library which wraps around the WordPress database class to provide modern object oriented interface. It also uh, catches database errors that WordPress wouldn't otherwise, uh, sorry, otherwise doesn't. They've also released w, uh, Stellar WP forward slash schema, uh, which they say is taken largely from the events calendar. And this is uh, an API for people working with custom table definition. And they've also got something called Slick, which again is lifted from the events calendar code. And this tool allows for, it says here, consistent execution of automated tests on local and continuous integration environments. What they're not doing, let's be clear, is they're not giving you the code for the events calendar. Um, and you know, it's, it's a subset of the code for a difficult problem that other developers might have to tackle and therefore, re, you know, come up with their own code and what they, I think they're basically trying to say is we've done some of the hard work and it's fine we don't, we, there's no particular commercial benefit but if you want to benefit from the things that can do it so yeah there we go and there's a little explanation as to why they're going into this so that's kind of nice any thoughts that's, on this what a good group of people yeah isn't that nice that's pretty cool that they did that yeah that is kind of nice uh, I mean it's I guess I don't really know where the sort of the whole GPL thing stands. I mean, could you have gotten this anyway? I'm really not sure, but uh, perhaps mm. not. Perhaps there's um, there's some some benefit in them wrapping it up in this way that I don't really understand. Hmm. Well, you wouldn't well, know to, would you? You can get the code for the events calendar dead easy. It's a GPL. It's open source, mm. but you wouldn't know that they've done this project. So that's a good point. Yeah, thinks, and you'd probably have to extract it from the other stuff in the plugin that wouldn't be relevant to yours. So I assume it's useful for developers. That's not my field. It's also interesting to see, because obviously Stellar are acquired, have acquired quite a lot of WordPress plugin companies. It's interesting to see them pooling resources in this way and sharing them in a centralized way. So these, for example, early libraries contain uh, stuff from Give and Events Calendar, and they'll probably add things from LearnDash or whatever in the future as well. And so I suppose it's interesting to see that project progressing and how they're contributing. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Stella WP. It's a nice little endeavor. Um, we'll come back to this in a minute, this curious looking website. First of all, let's go back to this one. We were talking about Stella WP just a second ago. We sort of seem to have drifted back into them. This was a, a really long interesting piece. Um, I'm just going to put it on everybody's radar. I don't, don't know if you two want to contribute to this because I don't know if you've been involved in uh, buying or selling WordPress businesses in the past. But this is Tyrrell, who was on the show a little while ago. And uh, and it's his about his perspective. He was working for the events calendar, uh, and he was involved in the acquisition by Stellar, w oh, Liquid Web, I should say, 
by Liquid Web fairly recently, you know, not that long ago. And it's just all about his perspective on how that all went down. He had a curious perspective because he was he was not allowed, well, allowed is probably the wrong word. They made a decision that they wouldn't tell the events calendar team that they were going to be acquired even though they were in talks to acquire. And it's about his thoughts on that and why they made those decisions and what it was that they were looking for in a, in a purchaser. What kind of red lines did they have in the sand for what they, what they required before they would sell? And, and it was the, the usual things. It was things like, you know, we don't want anybody to be laid off. Um, we don't want their working conditions to, to change. And so far, it seems that that has, in fact, remained uh remain true so it's a, a long article it goes into all sorts of different angles but it was really interesting so either of you been involved in dare i ask in acquisition talks at any point and are you allowed to discuss it and if so i'd be curious to know what you were what you were into i was working for liquid web when that happened did you know that this was all going down because it sounds from <clears> what jack <throat> was saying as if it, there was a certainly on the events calendar side of things they made a decision uh, to keep it quiet, essentially to sort of protect the anxiety of the employees there, because you know, if you know that your your boss is trying to sell the company, I guess that brings into brings into well, into your mind all sorts of questions about whether or not. Remember, your job will be I was there. I was on Chris Lemma's team, and Chris Lemma ran the acquisitions for them um, with their uh, various plugin acquisitions. So. We did know, um, but it was all, it, we didn't get details until everybody did. Mm. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, there were, there were certain things, obviously, being in the managed WordPress side of the house that we knew were coming. We just didn't know the specifics. Um, and it's worth noting that, yeah, they acquired the event calendar plugin, um, and then they later acquired the rest of Modern Tribe. Oh, oh, right. Okay. I'd forgotten that piece, actually. I had forgotten that that's the way it happened. Yeah, that is interesting. But it was kind of, it was kind of nice seeing it from Zach's point of view, because obviously he, he felt a bit like he was the man in the middle. He was, he knew what was happening. He knew that his team were going to be affected, but he tried to, he had to basically do two jobs at once. He had to do his day job you know, writing the code and all of that kind of stuff. And then in the evenings yeah. had to go and uh, tackle this whole acquisition thing and make sure that all of the, the red lines were not crossed. And yeah, sounds so far well, to be like a... And I just want to high five everybody on that team because I remember it's it's a huge culture shock. Start, you know, going from your cool little like startup plug-in atmosphere to this behemoth where you have, you know, a thousand employees. And I think that they all did a really good job with it. Yeah, they were saying that their team was distributed so much like Katie's team. And that was one of the things that they were wanting to keep because mm -hmm. they're all over the planet. And But Liquid Web apparently has an office, an office. I think Multiple. Like, oh, okay. But is it, it the idea was that we don't want to scare our employees. You know, we want them to be able to well, work in a company which has offices, but they're not going to be obliged to use those offices. And that seems to be the case. My team was always distributed. Oh, okay. So they had distributed teams, but yes, they had offices in San Antonio and, you know, in Michigan and throughout. Mm, okay. So Katie, 
acquisition talks. Yeah. Is this happening over no, at Bar? No, I don't. Mean not really. People <laughs> approach regularly. Um, oh, which is really interesting. Um, including some quite high-profile people in WordPress. Um, often out of the blue, people I've never had any contact with will suddenly get in touch, and I'm like, "God, you're famous!" But at the moment, well, for the foreseeable future, I'm happy. Um, it's important to me actually to be the owner. I don't particularly want to work for somebody else again because a lot of the acquisitions are the founders stay. Um, so I can't imagine being an employee again. Um, oh, that's fascinating. And, yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. So you built this business, and uh, you know nobody's going to hold it, hold you to it, Katie. But at the moment, mm. you you have people coming to you, so offering to get into discussions about it but at the minute yeah. your doors are closed to those discussions you'd rather just keep it going and grow it yourself that's that's cool exactly yeah and I was enjoying what I do and I'm not of an age where I'm looking to early retire or anything like that yeah I am of an age I'm not sure I'd want to start a whole new venture separately because um, mm. a lot of other people they sell and then they start a new project like um, Justin Ferryman for example that sold LearnDash to Liquid Web I'm not sure I've still got the energy to start again in that way so for now I'm in the right place uh, but it's interesting to know that people are out there and there's been talk of the uh, wave of acquisitions dying off, but I think it's still active for people that want to go in that direction. Yeah, that's so. What I'm hearing, Katie, is you just need two more zeros at the end. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's always a number, but the number is high, higher than the company is worth. <laughs> I um, I I always I, I'm always desperate to know what those numbers are, and I never get get to find out because for obvious reasons, people keep mm. that stuff quiet. You know, if they release it to the public, then I have some understanding. But I have I genuinely have no idea what things, for example, like the events calendar was worth. I mean, I remember. Several years before they acquired it, I, I had a podcast with, I think it was Scott Kingsley-Clark, and he was working on the events calendar team at that time. Um, and he said, we've got 50 employees, and I nearly fell off my chair. I was thinking, how can a, how can a WordPress event calendar plugin, how can there be 50 people at work there? And, and he, you know, he patiently explained what the majority of them did. And I thought, man alive, it's such a big, you know, fifty people put all of those in a room. Actually, they yeah, show a picture. I think, think about Elementor now. It's yeah. stag staggering how big some of the companies are, and you never know till you interview them or you go to WordCamp and you see all the T-shirts, and you're like, "Oh my god, I never knew yeah. it was such yeah. a big company." Yeah. Because a, also... a lot of the small ones are just as high profile. Go on, Jess. Thank you. I, I was just going to say, I think a lot of people don't realize how much there is in the event calendar. If you don't use it, you're right. like, oh, it's just a calendar plugin. Right. This but was my having sin. been a paid yes. subscriber for like six years prior to the acquisition. Yeah. Well, this I, was this was my error. I simply thought it was a, a simple, straightforward plugin for uh, doing events. And so when he said 50 people right at the beginning of the interview, I was slightly flabbergasted. But so but then I don't know what what a company a successful plugin company with 50 employees i don't know what that number is even like i don't know how many zeros one it's got billion dollars. one billion yeah katie <laughs> retire now uh, yeah, i might retire yeah. for that yeah i was gonna say you'd be a fool not are to. you kidding you could take my kid like have the <laughs> yeah. dogs <laughs> yeah but we'll see we'll hold hold the fort but it was nice it was nice reading that story because it gave you gave you an insight from both sides and it was it, it all seems to have gone according to plan everything 
you know, right from the checking out the code to making sure that the em- employees were happy on the other end. Yeah, really nice story. So I should say where that is. That's on the freemius.com site. Uh, and the piece is called Dual Perspective, Zach Tyrrell's First-Hand Experience uh, with WordPress Acquisitions as a Buyer and Seller. So you can go check that out and read read all about it. Right. Okay, where did we get to? Okay, so this is apropos of nothing, but I thought this was kind of fun. And I'm interested in your take on this, Jess, uh, especially from the environmental side. I did an interview this week. It's not yet out, but it'll hopefully be coming out on Wednesday on the Tavern with um, Hannah Smith. And I don't know if any of you know Hannah Smith. She she was very much in the WordPress space and she's now uh, kind of moved, pivoted a little bit. So she's still involved in WordPress, but her her um, her main interest is now the environmental impact of the internet and websites. And having done that interview, it really was a bit of an eye-opener into the footprint of use of the internet. And I'm, I'm going to butcher this number but I think she said that if the internet was a country, maybe it was a country, maybe it was an industry, I can't remember, but it was like the seventh worst polluting country on earth, just the internet by itself. Forgive me, I'm sure I've got that wrong, but it was something eye-opening like that. It was like, what? Yeah, that I, does I, sound familiar. I think yeah, you're quite close. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it was something eye-watering. Anyway, the point that I kept making was, look how look how clean that thing is. Look how like harmless that phone is look how sterile it is and the same with my computer in front of me you just switch it on you know it's not like a car where fumes start to come out the back and you'd be insane to put your mouth anywhere near that my computer is benign it's not doing anything but of course it is every moment that it's on it's consuming all sorts of things and then this website came on my radar i just think this is fabulous the the person who's running this website, and forgive me, I failed to recognize, I, I haven't got your name, but the, the website is at solar.lowtechmagazine.com forward slash power.html. That's a lot. Uh, I'll say it one more time. Solar.lowtechmagazine.com forward slash power.html. This website is alive only when it's sunny in Barcelona. <laughs> Because it's basically connected directly to a solar panel. That solar panel, if if there's enough sunshine in the in the sky, the, it will power the website and it will start to charge a battery. Um, but then, if there's a, a prolonged period of bad weather, it will then start to consume the battery. And once the battery's dead, so's the website. And it will, as soon as the sun comes back out again, it'll charge the battery. It'll then automatically boot its little server up from nothing. The website comes back online. And it, so it only stays online for for the period when it's sunny. Now, it looks kind of curious, the color scheme. I don't know if you spotted it. There's like half blue and half yellow. When it's sunny, the website is more yellow than blue. This yellow line goes up towards the top. And if you catch it on a really sunny day, it's all yellow. Uh, as the as the line progresses towards the bottom, that's when it's going into its low power mode and it probably will switch off. But I, I want to get to a conversation about this, about the power consumption of the internet. And I guess I'll ask, um, ask Jess first, you know, working for a hosting company. Is this something that crosses your radar much do you make much of a connection over at pressable between the environment and sourcing like from a renewable source your energy needs 
Um, well, yeah, I work for a hosting company, but my Twitter handle is Renewable because almost 14 years mm. ago when I joined Twitter, I was still working in the renewable energy industry. Huh. So huh. yes, this crosses my mind all the time. It still does. Um, and sustainability is very important to me. Um, I'm still, you know, keen on everything that's renewable. So uh, one thing I do want to add to this, though, and I love this website, um, there's actually been a movement in the WordPress community to work on sustainability. So for those who are already in the Make WordPress Slack channel, um, go to the sustainability channel, which is new. Right. Um, but then yeah. there's also a new website, rsustainablewp.org. That's O U R. Can you spell that for me? Was that our? Our. O U R, yeah. like our, like it belongs to us. Our sustainable wp.org. Hey, I'm going to see if I can get that to work. Right. I'll and just put that that's intended as a uh, starting place for community initiatives to improve sustainability in WordPress. Um, that is such a low, like, you, I'm. I'm going to try and describe the site. There's no images. There's a white, plain background. I can imagine the CSS that's being used to generate the site is minimal. There's a there's an image there that I can see, but it's probably ting. So this just by itself is a really interesting. Uh, yeah, really. See now you make it dark type. mode, and now we're really talking. Yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> Less. Yeah. But it's clean and modern looking as well. It is. Um, it's a nicer design than the the solar powered website, for example. Yeah, I think the guy with the solar power, he's just using the available fonts, isn't he? Whereas they've obviously got some mm -hmm. nice fonts in here. So that's but, interesting. You know, then you start talking about like the the energy use of the internet. Do you go all the way back to the creation of computers that use the internet? Like, it's it's really hard to gauge whether that is, you know, an accurate statement, but I can tell you that our power use obviously is significantly higher. The, um, the, the person that I was mentioning, Hannah Smith, she was the person who uh, wrote the article on mate.wordpress.org, which got me interested. And, and she, in that article mentioned the fact that this Slack channel had been created. It's probably just, a handful of weeks old now. I imagine there's mm -hmm. not too many people. So if you, if this is something which is of interest to you, you could probably make your voice heard. And Hannah was making the point that they, they, they literally don't know what to do. I don't mean that from an ignorant point of view. I mean that from the point of view is they want ideas. They want people who are interested in this field to come forward and suggest things. Um, I was thinking, I, I don't know what you think about this. You may just think this is absolutely bonkers, but I thought, wouldn't it be nice if in the WordPress admin there was some something akin, you know, like how Yoast have their uh, red, green, sorry, their traffic light symbol for how your page is doing in terms of its SEO and what its potential could be. And if it's red, that's bad. And if it's green, you're doing better. I did wonder if something like this could be connected um, to a website. Now, obviously, it's going to be difficult because you don't know what kind of way your, your, your hosting company, where are they getting their energy from and so on. But, but it could at least say, this page is just gigantic. What are you doing? You know, so rather than it being an SEO green, red, whatever, it would be a, a metric of, of how much energy it's taking and how many lines of code are having to cross the wire 
um, compared to what it could have been. You know, I bet this one that we were showing a moment ago, I'm, I'm imagining that they've gone to great pains to reduce the amount of uh, HTML that's there. You know, unnecessary divs is just unnecessary information that don't need to travel the wires. So that was my little idea, some kind of a thing inside the WP admin which would give you a just just an indication. And then imagine that you could, I don't know, hook that into your hosting company. Like if Pressable provided an API which said, okay, this page is producing this much. We know that for a fact. I could see that. I also th thought, wouldn't this be an interesting niche for a freelancer? Wouldn't this be like a curious thing to say, I am a sustainable developer? my site will be as lean as possible. Your environmental impact, whilst there's some, it's going to be much less because I really take care of, of all of this. Anyway, that's my thoughts. One thing to add there, the greenwebfoundation.org actually has a directory of hosts. Um, there is a member of the Make WordPress hosting team, um, Javier Caceres, who just released a plugin called WP Sustainable. And the plugin's purpose is to tell you um, more about sustainability of your hosting company and the CO2 generated by your IP address. And I actually have a note to get our servers registered because he's calling the greenwebfoundation.org. Um, and we're not listed on there yet. But, you know, to get listed, you have to fill out certain things and, you know, self-report various items. Um, and I'd love to see more hosts adopting that. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's on my backlog. I'm not there yet. But, you know, these are the kinds of conversations we need to have so that everybody can come to the table to start doing things. So is this the one you were mentioning? Uh, That's the one. This is Last the one. So it says, check, your, check the sustainability from your hosting company. Yeah. Okay. So this is curious. I would yeah. guess most hosts are not going to be shown. Right. It's more a question because... of... Yes. Ah, this, this is really interesting. But isn't it one where you've got to start somewhere, right? If, if you put, put this out and two or three hosting companies mm -hmm. sign up, it's, it's another metric, isn't it, as to who you should choose and... Um, presumably, you know, Pressable and all the all the other companies would wish to be a part of this if they could, uh, you know, if they could look, if they could be viewed favorably um, from it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Boy, Jess, yeah. you know way more about this than uh, than I was anticipating. This is great. I'm gonna <laughs> gonna add these. Well, you're going after one of my loves. So, yeah. 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 Um, Katie, any thoughts on this? I'm sorry, we've excluded you from this somewhat. No, that's fine. You had the right guest for that topic. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose there's two angles to the sustainability of a website. One is the hosting and the green energy. And the other, as you say, is the how lightweight each page is, the elements on the page. And um, so with your idea, Nathan, I think that does sound like a good tool with the traffic light system. And of course, there's a fairly direct relationship between the greenness of a page, keeping the images small, for example, and performance. And performance, um, obviously, People are motivated by their own self-interest often and selfishness and things. And one of that is improving the performance of their website because of the impact on SEO and customer experience and everything. So you could somehow package all that together, couldn't you? Because it benefits the environment and the performance side of things. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that would be a good project for somebody to do. Yeah. It, it's curious, isn't it? Because performance, there's two, there's, there's like a seesaw in effect that, you know, you can throw resources at a website so that it's performant 
Um, mm. In other words, you just spend your way into being the best because you just throw CPUs at it and all of that. And then there's the other side is you just take all the things out that are not needed there. And yeah, highlighting that that's probably the best way potentially of doing it for the environment, at least anyway, would be interesting. Yeah. You still need good hosting, uh, yeah. powerful hosting that is also green, but also you want to take away as much as possible and optimize and everything. What did you say, Jess? Was it called the Green Web Foundation? Is that what you highlighted? Yeah, the it's the greenwebfoundation.org. They have a directory on there. Um, like I said, it's you're probably going to see a lot of other organizations not showing up as green and it's just because they haven't registered yet right so, so it's, yeah 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 it's not it's not know, a badge I, of anything yet but it might be in the future yeah well i think it is positively if you have someone and you're like okay they've already done the legwork hmm. um but i think as with so much in internet in general but certainly the wordpress community we've got a ways to go um and yeah. this is, i'm glad to see the conversation starting well, I feel it will be a really important thing. You know how things sort of just they just sort of crest in importance at certain times. Like if you if you went back three or four years, everybody was droning on about core web vitals. It just was the thing, right? Everybody was talking about it. And then other things become the the focus of the moment. It, I kind of feel like this could be the focus of the next moment. And what I said earlier, I do I really think you could make a decent niche as a freelancer in being a, a sustainable developer, or at least, you know, as sustainable as you can be. And you can go into those client meetings with the knowledge that what you're saying is true and, you know, your website's going to be lean. Thank you, Jeff Winchester, for making a comment. He says, this goes back to the previous discussion on whether we put animations and videos in our web pages. Yeah, it does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? It does feel that there's definitely a compromise there. If you're throwing in all these animations, I, I have literally no idea what the environmental impact of the website that we saw a minute ago with no animations and almost nothing on the screen, just text and a white background, as opposed to the CSS animation one that we saw a minute ago. I, I have no idea, but I'd love to know. I'd love to know how much carbon goes into the environment, what the difference is between those two. Um, because a bit like you, Jess, I am shockingly worried about the state of the environment, and it does seem like the internet, that's our wheelhouse, so we can at least do something about that bit. It also goes back to what Katie was saying. Do you really need another plugin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, now. Let me see where we got to. How much time have we got? Yeah, a little bit of time. Okay, so we'll do this quickly. Firstly, um, don't mean this to sound self-promotional again, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you, uh, over the last week or so, if you have um, have been troubled by what's been happening over at Twitter, uh, there's a thing called Mastodon, and it's a free open source piece of software a la WordPress. It's a little bit like that. You can install it on your own server, and the more people that do that, the broader the, the network becomes, the bigger Mastodon becomes. So we have a server. It's over at wpbuilds.social. You can join there if you like, um, but it really makes no difference. You can join hundreds and thousands of other servers. It's now, I think, 7 million users strong. I think the statistic that I read on Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> funny, uh, just before we started this conversation was that they had 127,000 people sign up in the last hour. I don't know where these metrics come from, to be honest. But anyway, that it is growing and it's growing 
and I think a lot of people have decided I'm going to try it out, dabble in it a bit. Some people seem to like it more. Some people definitely don't like it. But if you're into this, um, you can sign up for ours, sign up for anyone you like. But the reason I'm mentioning this, there is a WordPress connection here, is that it seems that quite a lot of the WordPress developers have got really interested in this as well. And they're trying to figure out ways to connect the social network Mastodon with their WordPress website. So I'm just going to raise a few articles that I saw this week. The first one, this is by Mike McAllister. Um, and he he talks about the turmoil in WordPress and so on. And he's put together this idea um, of something which he's calling open press, where essentially you, you use WordPress as, as the background for connecting to something like Mastodon. So in other words, you could use your WordPress website as the tool to publish to your social network. So you wouldn't have to go through any third party. You wouldn't have to use something like Buffer or anything, pay a subscription fee. You just go directly from your website to your Mastodon install. Um, and so he's thrown together a UI of what he thinks it would look like and what the different screens would be like. He hasn't built it. He's just saying, this is what I imagine it would look like. So it's it's a social network attached to your WordPress website and you could connect it to Mastodon. And so people could follow you on your website. They could put comments on your website and it would all get cross-posted over to Mastodon because unlike Twitter, it's not a walled garden. So he's done that, which I think is really interesting. And then a whole bunch of other people have started creating stuff. This one is called ActivityPub. Turns out that ActivityPub is the tech stack that Mastodon is built on. I don't really understand it, but it's a protocol going on in the background, which which means that you can federate and update all of the content. So think of it a bit like the secret source that makes Twitter happen. That Well, ActivityPub is the secret source that makes um, Mastodon work. So there's that plugin, which you can install on your WordPress website. Uh, it's beta software at the moment, and it, it, it means that you can connect. If you start posting stuff on uh, your website, it'll go to Mastodon and so on. So it's connecting all of those dots. We have another one here from uh, Tom Finley. He's connecting his WordPress website to the Fediverse. I'll put all of these in the show notes if you're interested. And there's another one here, and I forget who wrote this one. I'm really sorry. But they use three plugins in combination with each other, one called ActivityPub, which we've just looked at, one called, curiously, WebFinger, um, and one called WebMention. And so he goes into uh, the way that he's implemented it on his website. Anyway, the long and the short of all of this is it seems like there is a little bit of a groundswell of WordPress developers who would like open source social networking to connect with open source CMSs, a.k.a. WordPress. And I just thought it was really interesting, although almost impossible for me to explain. So I do apologize for my rambling. What do you guys think about all of this? Are you getting off Twitter? Is there is there any part of you which has been kind of alarmed into rethinking your social networking? I know that once you're there and you've got your following and it's all established, it's very compelling to stay, isn't it? Well, I have a bit of a confession, which is that personally, I literally joined Twitter like a month ago. Um, <laughs> Just when it all happened. <laughs> I know. And it was a total coincidence. I was a total Twitter virgin. We had the Balm 2 Twitter for years, but we don't do a lot on that. And that's for the company. Um, my husband, Andy slash business partner, has been on at me for ages because I'm the one that 
does these things and gets out there more in the community and all of that. He was like, you need to have a Twitter profile. That's where another place people are talking that you need to be on. So I signed up for Twitter and then everyone does a big exodus, which apparently is because of the acquisition and not because I just joined. But who knows. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm kind of new and learning it and everybody else is like hating it and moving on. So I'm probably not the best person for no. any real opinion. <laughs> no. What, what do you think then, Jess? Does any of this, does it trouble you that we have a social network which seems to be it, people often call it the town square you know the online town square it's where a lot of things take place especially technology twitter and wordpress seem to have a real nice binding effect there's a lot of people on twitter talking about wordpress and um and now we have some curious decisions being made let's say by the by the the senior management um which kind of make me a bit worried yeah um so i'm on mastodon as well I also, you know, started getting active again on Tumblr. Um, you know, there's a, a number of different options, places for us to go. I find Mastodon very, very interesting. But admittedly, like I said, I'm I'm a month away from 14 years on yeah, Twitter. Right. Um, you know, I I learned about WordPress through Twitter. Yeah. And it's just, it. well, no, I learned about WordPress elsewhere, but I started really using it and I got my first job in the WordPress community through Twitter. You know, I've got people that I've known for years that I only really talk to over there. And so it absolutely breaks my heart that things are getting so weird. Um, but I think that Mastodon has a lot of promise. I think it's not going to be for everybody. Um, one of the things that I really love over at Mastodon is that uh, people that run servers um, have their own rules. Yeah. So certain things that might be allowed in one area are not allowed elsewhere. Um, and I think yeah, that's from right. a business perspective, I think a lot of businesses are very nervous about putting too much into Twitter right now. Yes, it would appear certainly from a um, an advertising perspective. My, my impression from everything that I've read is that the advertising um revenue of twitter has declined uh, and if that's the case i think it was already not a profitable company so it's going to be i presume less profitable um yeah you're right about the rules each server sets up their own rules i should say if you sign up for a server so let's say you sign up for the one that i've got going that doesn't lock you into that server you can still communicate with everybody else but there's no um there's no algorithm so it's not pushing things at you that you don't want. There isn't any kind of algorithm like that. So when you first join, your feed is completely empty because there's nothing to show you because there's, you know, it's not like we're going to stick something from Kanye West in there or now Mr. Trump's back on, you know, that kind of thing. They can't because you haven't told it what to give you. And it's only when you start following people that you can... Um, that you can start to see things and then they slowly but surely come in. You can also follow hashtags. So I'm following the hashtag WordPress and that's now getting pretty busy. You know, there isn't a day goes by when there's not dozens of comments on the WordPress, has, WordPress hashtag from all sorts of different places. And what's quite curious as well is I'm, I'm actually colliding with people that I definitely have never come across before. So that's yeah. a really nice um, upside of it. 
you're right about the rules. I've set some basic server rules. I, I essentially copy and pasted the rules from another um, instance, which I thought, well, they're fairly sensible defaults. Basically, it boils down to be polite, and if you know, if you can manage that, we'll we'll all get along well. But it it does mean that I can, if I wish to, boot people off. I don't see that that's probably going to happen. But you can block people. You can you know say I don't want to hear anything with this word in it. So it's fully featured. Anyway, there we go. There's Do you think favorite. it's better for sustainability that we have one behemoth Twitter or fifty? Little Mastodon servers. Yeah, so I don't know how many are, but there's there's thousands of Mastodon yeah. servers now. So the the load, it sounds like the load would be spread out, but it doesn't really work that way. So if you're on my server, my server has to be switched on and working for you to be able to communicate with all the other servers. So it's not like if mine goes offline for a bit, it just that that information travels elsewhere. No, they all need to be going at the same time. So from, it's not particularly sustainable from that point of view. But um, you can migrate. So if you disagree with the rules or you feel that, you know, you've been hard done by over on one server, you can download your um, your uh, you can download your account. My understanding is it doesn't bring the messages that you wrote along, but it will bring your followers. So if that's important to you, if you've spent years and you've got 10,000 followers, they will all come across. But I don't think the messages that you previously wrote uh, will, but I'm sure there's some tool or other online that can do that for you. But it's well. it's more to me the idea that... So let's say that it goes really pear-shaped over at Twitter it feels at the moment as if there literally is a single human being in charge of everything over there now. That's what it feels like. And I've got no opinions really about that that person, but I'm sure a lot of people would find him objectionable. Maybe a lot of people would find him not objectionable. But the, at the end of the day, if, if he can just say, well, now Twitter is going to behave like this, we're all going to have to put up with it. Whereas over on Mastodon, it's up to me how my server behaves. If I want to to make it incendiary, I can make it incendiary. If I want to enforce politeness, I can enforce politeness. And in that way, hopefully, people will be attracted to the one that suits them best. You also get what's called a local timeline. So because mine's hopefully going to be more about WordPress than other things, that may be something you might be drawn to it because WordPressy stuff is going on in there by default. You can look at that on the local timeline. Sorry, I'm droning on about it but i think it's i really want it to succeed i think open anything is yes. better than closed anything and this is open so that We're to me is democratizing social yeah yeah really and who knew right who knew that like 6 weeks ago that it was going to take off essentially uh, jess if you'd have looked at my mastodon install 6 weeks ago it was pictures of cats and that's not a joke it was literally pictures of cats just one big scroll of cats. That's all it was. Because all the people who were somehow getting in there were doing pictures of cats. Now it's everything. It's literally everything. It's like Twitter, but quieter. There isn't a subject that isn't being discussed on there. It's pretty phenomenal. That's awesome. Right. Sorry. Uh, well, sorry, Katie. Uh, come on in. The water's fine. Okay. Yeah. That's learn right. a learn another social network. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's, know, not got, yeah. she's not got a lot to lose. That's the good thing, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just waiting to see because I think, as Robert Cairns has said in a comment, it may the dust might settle and Twitter has a lot of um, momentum and built up. And a lot of people's objections are based on principle and outrage more than anything practical, I think. So it will be interesting to see um, if people get used to it and things settle and... Um, but yeah, I might join Mastodon if everybody seems, if it, you know, I, I'm not much of an early adopter, so I might just wait and see what happens. No, no we've, uh, we've worked that out from your, yeah. your recent... But it's uh... interesting <laughs> what you've said about sustainability, because each owner of a server has makes that decision. Um, so the WP Builds server, you could choose to host on green energy, and um, couldn't you? So yep. in theory, and presumably, is there a way of you telling the people that might sign up for the server that it is a green server? Yeah. So it, it, because it's open source, if you wish to, you can do anything with it. You know, you could mm. somebody was taught there's a 500 character limit on a post. So what is it on Twitter? 280. So it's more or less double. But if you wish to, you could just go into the code and make it. I don't know, 10,000. You could write essays on there. It's just, it's up to you. The default is what you get. For most people, it's absolutely fine. So yes, you could make any kind of rules, anything you like. And I imagine that that is what's going to happen. I imagine now that there's interest in it and people who are experienced coders, which I'm really not, if they uh, if they find it of interest, they'll start going in, tinkering with the code and forking Mastodon and making it into, I don't know, sort of a different setup. Uh, anyway, there we go. Thank you for your comment, Rob. That's really nice. He says he loves Twitter. I think it will sort itself out. We just need to take I a deep so. breath. Yeah. yeah, so do I. I mean, I don't want it I to fail. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We were told that it was going to go down this weekend, and I was like checking every morning. Yes, it's still live. Did you see the proposal for a WordPress-based social networking? Your site, your profile, your content. Yeah, so that was open... Uh, the, the one that we mentioned to go from Mike McAllister, Open Press. But there's also Alex Kirk has a plugin called Friends, which has been out for years and basically does what Mastodon does in WordPress, but it, and it interconnects different WordPress websites. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's it. We've run out of time. I'm, I'm really sorry. There was probably some more things that we wanted to cover. Um, Katie, I, I do want to give you a chance. You did write in the show notes that you had something that you wanted to say about Barn 2's bits and pieces for this week. And I'm sorry, I haven't given you a chance. So go for it now. I'm sorry to have used up all the time. Oh, that's okay. It was mainly that it's Black Friday week. So, um, which we haven't even touched on amazingly. And like all the WordPress companies are doing Black Friday sales, of course, aren't they? So, um, so yeah, interesting week. Um, hopefully, everyone... it'll be interesting to see how it compares to previous years, actually, because of the economic uh, climate and all of that yeah so um, yeah i can i can tell you that there's no shortage of offers on um like i said we've got our page where there's mm. 200 plus wordpress offers so every company seems to be in on it i remember when we were in wordcamp um at wordcamp us uh jess your stall was deliberately not doing they, they, they had like the anti-gimmick gimmick you were doing things very differently how are you doing a black friday thing or are you doing things differently over there this time as well no black Friday. we're not doing just... black friday because we mm. expect most of our customers are going to be busy um but here's the thing if you need good hosting reach out and we always have a deal for you nice that's a good answer um when's your one running from katie is it happening soon what was the date um, again 
We're doing an early bird sale um, now, and but the main big sale starts Friday to Monday, basically. Okay, yeah. so this Friday through Monday, so you got the weekend. And what was yeah. the what was it again? Was it fifty percent, possibly something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, it's twenty five percent just for a few days for people that can't wait. But the main sale, which most people would wait for, is fifty percent from Friday to Monday, which we um, haven't done for years. Most people do thirty um, or maybe forty at most, but we're doing fifty this year. Let's see how it goes. Well. Wow. Yeah, good good luck with all that. I hope it works out well. So that's Barn Two, the number two yes. dot com, not T W L yeah. or T O. Barn Two dot com. Also, you can go to pressable dot com and find out about managed WordPress hosting from the company that Jess works for. Uh, thank you so much, Katie. Thank you so much, Jess, for joining us today. Um, I hope that you feel that you want to come back. I know. Jess is probably booked in for a few more already. But uh, Katie, if you wish to come back, we'll, we'll sort that out with you at some yeah, point. Yeah, definitely. Now, the humiliating bit, Katie. I'm sorry about this. We have to, we have to raise our hands because this is, <laughs> this, is this is what we do, the image. Can you give us a little okay. wave, Katie? Yeah, that's it. That'll do. That's it. That's fine. Thank you very much to those people that joined us live. Um, if you're not joining us live, you can still put a comment over at wpbuilds.com. Search for episode 231. And we'll see you next week. Take it easy. Bye. Thank you.